Um, hello and welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. This is episode 303. Tonight I am drinking like a little bitch baby. This is tangerine flavored seltzer. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Ron Baugh. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. It's a fun Thursday night. Yep. What do you have in that? Well, technically, we were supposed to record last night, so we'll pretend it's a Wednesday night. Sure, it's Wednesday. Not that it fucking matters. Uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, the old staple, bullet bourbon. Perfect. Uh, delicious uh, stuff. Head and fails. Yeah. No, I've got some in my little liquor stand outside, and one of these days, I will join you in a bullet. Tonight, though, keeping it it's mad good. classy. Um, I want to roll right into it because I've got some things in the news I want to talk about. And the first bit relates to something we talked about last week, and that was the craziness on Bring a Trailer. There was a vehicle last week we talked about. It was, a, it was an old Land Cruiser, not that old, you know, uh, FJ80, um, that went for What's that? Not as old as us. Not as old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Ugh. laughs> uh, it was an older Land Cruiser that went for what I thought was a large chunk of ch- money. You could see one side of it. I could see another side of it. Now, I think there's one that's even crazier. I also think we're going to be divided on this one again. But this one is more in your, I want to say, vehicular wheelhouse, or at least more near and dear to your heart. Really? Just, just the other day, 1987 Buick GNX. Amazing machine. This car was perfect. 1,200 miles, which is insane because you should drive the shit out of that car. It went for $215,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of cheddar. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think that's got to be the first of the 80s, 90s muscle cars to cross the 200000 barrier. And I think it'll be the, possibly the only one for the, at least like next five, 10 years. Like, I can't think of anything that combines that rarity, the performance, like domination of the era, and just general badassness like there's nothing as cool as a gmx so i thought this car basically set the market for gnx prices and I'm, I'm wrong uh back in june at barrett jackson in las vegas there was a gnx that had uh like 200 miles or something on it okay 275 what yeah wow i didn't, I didn't even hear about that car I had no idea I thought um, however, we were like 150, 160 range for, for a Mac. So that's crazy. So, so forget about the Barrett car for a minute because there's a little bit of wonkiness associated with Barrett. So remove that bullet point for a second. Here, here. Prior to these sales, um, the Haggerty value, yeah, this car per Haggerty's valuation tool is over by like 80 to 100 and has essentially reset the market. If you go there, you can watch the chart and see valuations. And this would qualify as their number one concourse level um, where the chart goes like this. I'm off screen. It goes like that um, where it climbs right to 200 basically because of this sale. For some reason, it doesn't reflect that auction sale from months prior, but it reflects this. Was it an after sale or did it cross the block at that number? I think... It crossed the block. Barrett, the that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. But Barrett, like I said, Barrett prices are, are kind of, well, it's like an in-person bring a trailer, which even yeah. though one became before the other. Yeah. But so you, maybe we're on the same page then, because what'd you say, 160? Yeah, I think 150, 160 is like the max, max. But I mean, you know, a car's worth what somebody will pay. Like I, I don't pretend to, to set market values or right. 
or kind of uh, diminish sale prices or people that, that pay those prices, like, you know, obviously it's worth it to that individual. You know? Right. Maybe they're just some crazy Buick aficionado and enthusiast and have a, a crazy attachment. Maybe they have a huge collection of Buicks. Like, you know, it's, it's worth what somebody will pay and things are, are worth exorbitant amounts to the right person. Like, you know, there's an ask for every seat and, you know, you just never know. You get lucky sometimes. I agree with you with the phrase, it's worth what someone will pay for it. That is always right. true, 100% on board. But I think we're both on the same page that this is a shocking amount for as rad as that car is, it's, it, it's neither a $215,000 driving experience, no. nor no. is it, no. nor is it, I think, an inv- a good investment at $215,000. I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, back in the nineties when Hemi Kudas and such like really took off, like, you know, it was crazy when the first one hit a hundred thousand, those cars got like based on rarity, and just like, you know, rarity of spec more than anything, those cars got to millions of dollars. They did. They there did. Dozens that went for half a million, you know, more that went, maybe not more, but a, a, a nice number that went for a million plus, you know, based yeah. on this spec, this color, this options package. And like, you know, you don't get that with the GNX because they were pretty right. much all the same. There was, you know, there was like 570 something, something like that. 547. I-47, yes. So it's like... The only reason I know that is because I just wrote an article. So I, yeah. I didn't just know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I get my numbers. I'm, I'm impressed that, that you knew, knew 570. So that's really good. Cool. close to that. But, um, you know, they weren't a huge performance increase over the Grand National. Right. They were rare and they were, they were hard to get a dealer allocation. They weren't even built by Buick. They were built by ASC and like... Yeah. You know, they like were assembled like off-site. So it was like... It was a total like virtually a homologation special even though there was no series that that right 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 it's uh i think i think like you know you you never know like you know that could be the next half million dollar muscle card just based on nostalgia i i i think that the generation buying those cars and i could be totally wrong here because it could be an in-betweener where we all saw those million dollar CUDAs, a younger generation waiting for the money to be able to afford this stuff, saw those. And we all thought that's who would buy, you know, uh, as much as I love Mopar, Hemi CUDAs, yeah. all that stuff, a million dollar Hemi CUDA. Come on. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Um, I mean, those, those guys bought those cars on spec. They bought them as an investment. Nobody bought a half million, million dollar muscle car to drive and enjoy. Like, that's, right. Right. Yeah. And that million dollar Hemi CUDA as an investment, that person bought at the top. Right. Um, so yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that has to be quarter of a million dollars for a gen 1987 Buick. Like, Malay's era, the worst build quality ever. Like, yeah. you well, know, I mean, like it, those it were basically Grand National with just like more boost than, you know, fender flares. Like, you know, it's like I've driven to Grand National. I'm sure you have too. Like it's, I haven't, uh, I never have. Really? Even yeah. with, even with a lot of miles, like. You know, uh, my buddy, our buddy, Killer Mike, like I, I actually found a Grand National for him. It's a, a future project for the two of us that uh, hopefully will be pretty wild. But like, you know, his car that I found at the Pomona Swap Meet has like 150,000 miles on it, right? Yeah. And it's not clapped out. Like it's a very clean car. It's a great basis for a project. It's not yeah. an investment quality It's the one of the videos, right? Yeah, yeah it's the, yeah, the yeah. same car that's in the Ooh La La video. Like, yeah. I, which is a funny story because I had to drive that car. I had three different flatbed drivers, tow truck drivers flake on me that, that morning that the car had to be at Universal in Hollywood. 
right at like 11 o'clock and i had i had towing set up three guys you know flaked on me so i had to insure the car in my name on the spot oh jump in it and drive it like bonsai run to hollywood to make the shoot and then drive it back so that was like a total like it's kind of rad though moment. but um yeah in, i mean in I hindsight it, it, it could not not be there right like, i had to get there but anyway like that car drove decently like you know it's like it's got it's got decent power on boost like otherwise you're just driving like your grandma's regal right yeah because it's a huge turbo right yeah super turbo lag like you know power band is like this but it's hilarious like it's like for it wait oh and then you know like it shifts and like you stay in boost for you know three four seconds and that's it that's all that's all it's got but it's it's fun like I, i can see how that would be a thrill in the 80s like there was nothing Short of a, a Porsche turbo, there was nothing like that. You know? Right, and they are they are. There's a there's a there's a bit of menace to their appearance. Oh yeah, like like proper menace. Uh, you black see many different ways people yeah. have. You know, it's yeah. like you know, big wheels. You know, lowered like pro touring style, like American yeah. forced induction. Yeah, dude. Before we were really diving in, yeah. But it's not like you said, it's not any sort of like real thrilling driving experience. It's no, just, like today a Toyota Sienna would roast it, right? <laughs> I mean, even the like interior and like controls and like ergonomics and like all the tactile stuff, like it's very pedestrian. It's like, you know, it was special for the time just for the, the color combo, but like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like luxurious. It wasn't no. sporty. It was just like, you know, Luxo cruiser with boost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So at least I, I feel like we're on the same page then more so than the Land Cruiser. Um, just because quarter, nearly quarter of a million GNX is insane. But but who knows? Who knows? Who knows where the market goes for that? Sure. Moving on to something older that I did drive. I had 24 hours of lemons last weekend. Yes. Sounds like quite an adventure just getting to the, the starting line. Starting so, the race. So it was a typical lemons experience for Team Hooniverse. Um, in that car gets built. Team Hooniverse. What's that? Who is on Team Hooniverse? So I mean, uh, it's, it's mechanics. The, the the person who who owns the car uh, and is our main mechanic. Um, he's he's the co-founder of Hooniverse. My buddy Tim. Uh, he's no longer an owner of Hooniverse. Hooniverse is just me now. But he uh, we're still friends. There was it was just he's like hey I. I I don't, I don't pay attention to this anymore. I can't do it. Just, just take it. Um, very amicable. Um, we still want to race lemons together and all that stuff. Really? So he, he keeps the ranch arrow at his house. He wrenches on it. He's actually trying to prepare an identical, um, mercury. What the hell is the mercury, like a comet or something. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, to also run for like his, so his wife could have a team there, as well. When you say identical, there's not like a mercury, like car truck. I think there is. I thought it was a Mercury car truck. Um, hold really? on. I'm going to Google this. I could be totally wrong here. It could just be a Falcon. Um, is it Mercury? I'm just going to type in Ranchero. I mean, Ranchero is a uh, uh, Mercury maker Ranchero. Mercury, not Ford Ranchero. I thought, I thought there was a Mercury Ranchero, but yeah, wasn't it called the Meteor? Could have been. I mean, I've seen Meteors that were... I think it's like two-door sedans. But yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're – they're, so the Mercury Meteor is like the Ford Falcon, but I want to see if they did right. – it doesn't say they did a car truck, so maybe I'm making that up. Um, 
Well, you didn't um, say it. I just asked. I was, I was curious. But anyway. Maybe it's not a car truck. Maybe it's um, a Falcon Cooper sedan. I forget. Either way, his daily driver is a 64 Falcon. Like, he drives that to work. He also has a super bro dozer excursion, tow vehicle, camp brake. And then, so the Ranchero, we've had three Rancheros and Lemons, um, which is funny because, like, the other people initially, when we, the first one that got wrecked, people were like, you can't be destroying these cars. And we're like, there's a shitload of them on California Craigslist. Also, who cares? And people are like, we don't believe you. And I pulled up a search and I found like 10 in five seconds. They're like, okay, have fun with them. We don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> um, and the, the race that we had the bad wreck at, um, where no one was hurt, it's just potential was there for something worse to happen. Right. Um, that race, there was one, like a nice one in the lot parked across from our garage, like taunting us. And then somebody else was like, oh, I own one that you guys can have for like $500. We're like, there's our next one. Same year, 62. Um, and the, these, these Rancheros, for anybody who doesn't know, are Lemon's car. They're not V8s or anything. They're the 250 straight sixes, um, which is a fairly robust little motor for what it is. Um, and then the cars handle well because we've done the Shelby drop in the front. So it actually, it's, it corners flat. It's, 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 it's kind of, it's a weird thing to drive and it has a four speed top loader. And, um, for this race, they, we actually jumped from, uh, carburetors to, uh, we use the Holly sniper EFI, okay. which looks like it's really well, nice. And Holly didn't pay for this, the, you know, none of that. It looks really nice. Like it has this really yeah. satin finish to it. It's it's sweet it looking thing. Like self learning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's and programmable, all that stuff. It's 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 awesome. It's a really cool thing. However, <laughs> so Tim and his dad got there late Thursday night. I got there Friday afternoon-ish because I probably left here at like nine and then it's, you know, three hours to Buttonwell from South Orange County. Um, and the car was running. They did some practice laps. I didn't get to get into it because it came in when his dad was driving it and the engine started to sound a little uh, knocky. <laughs> like a gu -gu -gu -gu. We're like, oh, shit. So we're like... Adjective I'd like to hear. No, a little... <laughs> so what we decided to do was throw heavier weight oil at it <laughs> um, because it just had the bearings replaced and there was a worry oh, that one capacity. of them. Yeah, so we just wanted to fill up the spaces. Um, <laughs> so we threw something heavy at it and it was still a little knocky. So they drove like 30 something minutes to an O'Reilly's. They're like, yeah, we can get you 70 weight, which is like drag racing oil. Um, okay. But it won't be here until the morning. So they, they were there when the shop opened at like 8 a.m., came back, drained the oil, threw the 70 weight in. We're like, okay, let's see what happens. We put our, our I hate to call him our slowest driver, but he's, he is. He's our most conservative driver. However, on the flip side, he's never been um, like, if he's come in early, it's because either the car died or he was hit. Like he's not getting in accidents. He's just driving Miss Daisy out there, which is, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I wish you'd go faster, but like just turning laps is all that matters. So it doesn't matter. Consistency. Yeah. So he's, there's a hundred and one cars in the race. So to get the cars out of the parade really? lap. Yeah. There was a lot. Um, that's how not even the biggest. How does, how does the they start just, they, stroke, they roll them out. They start rolling them out to get everybody on track. And then when they feel Please. like it's ready, they drop the green. When, like it doesn't matter who's coming around. They can drop it anywhere. Um, which is funny because I've heard in the past that like there's like class A cars, which is the fastest cars that are like waiting for it, waiting for it. And the, the judges will be like, drop it on like the drop it on the slowest car just to 
fuck with those other guys. Um, so he's out on the parade lap and on the button willow on the backside, we get the call over the radio. Uh, Hey, (laughs) car started sounding really bad and shut off. I'm off to the side of the track waiting for a tow. So he didn't make it back across start finish. So we didn't even get a lap in. Wow. This car comes in. We were just bumping the starter to hear it. And it's like, we're like, Oh shit. Um, so Tim makes the decision. He's like, fuck. He's like, uh, let's, he's assuming it's catastrophic. Right. Uh, so his thought is we'll drop the oil pan. Cause we're here. We, we rented the garage space. So we weren't just like in a spot, which was great to have. Cause it was hot as shit out there. Get the car up, uh, drop the oil pan <laughs> and fucking in the oil pan. It's not just the normal confetti. There's a full push rod. Oh, there's, a, wow. there's a piece of a cam. Merry Christmas. There's a, there's a cam lobe in there, and it's and there's like blown out bearings or, or the, uh, the the sorry the the cap on the bottom of the piston is in there. Oh, I didn't bring it in. I actually have the piston. In, I saved the piston, um, and we're like, wow, that is just amazing, amazing damage. Um, and then, the bearings had just been done. Yeah. So one of the guys was speculating that when he was torquing the nuts down on the the cap on the bottom of the piston he thinks he didn't fully torque it because he was using an electric torque wrench and not a click torque wrench and he was stopping when it started going beep 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 not when it goes beep so he thinks he fucked like he's taking he's like i think i fucked up and so he thinks that nut started to back off and as soon as something gets loose it's just a cascade of failure from there right. yeah i mean it's all about vibration yeah. rotating shit and there's Shape no room the for part. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Tim goes, Tim said, I want to take the oil pan down now so I can see what's wrong because if I don't, if I just put the car on the trailer, I'm not going to touch this thing for three months. Yeah. Um, are, there so, any, well, are there any more upcoming races? Um, we could try to do Sonoma in December, but it's tough because it's around the holidays and we're spread out and we, don't, we just don't want to deal with that. So we're going to push for Thunder Hill in May. Okay. So we have like tons of time. Sure. But... Um, so he's kind of half joking as he's pulling the, the thing down. He's like, hey, I was like, what if we just looked at Craigslist to see if there was, you know, someone either selling a car with an engine or an engine? And I looked up, I was like, uh, why don't you keep wrenching? I'm going to just pull my phone out. And I, I'm searching with like within 150 miles of our area. What do you even search? Like- I'm just going, well, so on Craigslist first, I searched by car. I searched for like Ford Falcon um, or I did Ford Falcon 250 i6. And a handful popped up, but used car prices are insane. Like the rattiest Falcon, the guy wanted like seven grand. Like it's insane. Um, really nice ones that, that were nice, but not like, like a good driver. People wanted like 25,000 for Falcons, which, uh, uh-uh. yeah. like, like maybe if it was like a fastback Mustang, you know, like it's crazy. So then I switched, I switched to auto parts instead of cars and Sure enough, two things popped up, and one of them was a dude who just pulled a 250 i6 out of a 71 Maverick um, that had 42,000 miles on it because he swapped in a 302 or something. He swapped in a V8, so he just has this i6, and he was an hour and a half away in Fresno. So Tim, he's like, send me that listing. <laughs> he texts him, he calls him, and he emails him, and he gets a text back in 30 minutes because he says, like, hey, can I, I want your engine. Can I come pick it up? And there's like, yeah, okay. So they're like, fuck it. You, the, the, it was 
it's Tim and Ted. That's the father and son. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to go, we're going to go get this engine. Um, we're like, okay. He's like you and Jeff. Cause there's two Jeffs on the team, me and the other Jeff. He's like, you two pull everything out of the way that needs to be pulled out of the way. You get steering, you know, cross member, get all that shit out of the way. Um, you guys have plenty of time cause it's an hour and a half there, at least an hour and a half back. So, um, so they go, Jeff and I start wrenching clear it all out um both getting our hands in there which was cool because you know i'm the least accomplished wrencher on the team but disassembling stuff is you know like i'm like hey do this do this he's like yep go so i had my elbows in the engine bay pulling shit out um we got all out we're just sitting there waiting waiting and sure enough they pull up with a truck they're like there's the engine um so that was crazy. Engine gets there. Like soup to nuts, like ready to go in, like carburetor to. So, like, so we had to take parts. The bummer was that on the engine that we just, that we killed, um, we had an upgraded cam in there, which was a, like a hot rotted cam. So we weren't going to be using that. That engine has an integrated intake manifold on the head. Oh, so wow. we, but we needed to use the uh intake manifold off the old engine so that we could run the holly sniper and stuff that was already on it so we swapped heads to the to the engine we just got the top end was fine obviously top end was fine it was all bottom um put the top end on fully swap it bolt it up line it all up get everything going get it all hooked back together and at 1 a.m we fired it and what time did the race start uh, race, I think race goes green at like first day, somewhere between nine and 10 AM. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact time. You're, you're not in contention. Oh point. God, no, God, no, no. <laughs> We're just trying to, yeah. at this point, we would like to get uh, one full day of racing. Sure. Um, so car goes green, car fires at 1 AM and, um, it sounds, it's running, it's mostly healthy and it just feels like it's not running on all cylinders but it feels like valves are sticking or something, but it, the engine was kind of just sitting there. So we're like, we all go, Hey, it's put together. Let's we'll wake up in the morning and we'll figure that part out that. So we all go to bed. We wake up in the next morning. We're sharing a garage space too with um, the team that's in first place. So we're in like second to last because there's one team alphabetically who also didn't do laps is below us. We're a hundredth out of a hundred and one. Um, the team we're sharing a garage with eyesore, which is one of the best teams of all time in lemons history. Um, we wake up, we're running it. We're like, ah, oh, just doesn't something. It's not just not firing on all cylinders or the valves aren't lifting or so, something's not going right. One of the guys is like, do you think it just needs an Italian tune up? We're like, maybe. So Tim takes it to the far corner of button willow, like a skid pad. And he just starts revving it to five grand, revving it to five grand black smoke coming out. And all of a sudden he felt it like, it's like shit cleared. It was like, it coughed. It was like, oh, whoa. And it was like, it's fucking fine. Oh. Uh, Probably blew out the carbon. From like yeah, a hundred percent. Fuels or something. And the the sniper started learning. It's adjusting yeah. air fuel. It's doing all this stuff. It's adjusting idle. We can adjust it a little bit to fine tune it. Car comes in, and uh, the dude who we said who blew the engine on the parade lap, we're like, "You go out. You start. You were supposed to be your turn. You hop in. Other That's Jeff, it. me. You'll be next." Um, so he goes out there, runs clean. I go out there you know, a full hour and a half stint, run clean. Um, we get our other two drivers in. Uh, we ran guys, all day. What time did you guys start? We, at the green flag. We started at the green. Um, so if we woke up at oh, eight, we started, I think we started at nine or something. I think the green flag dropped. Is everybody, like, I, I have no idea how lemons work. So, like, mm-hmm. is there, like, like 
everybody goes to bed like everybody yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so most most of the races are not a full 24 hours there's a okay. there's a the track goes cold at like day one track goes cold at like five o'clock or something Got it. Okay. and then saturday night's awesome because it's uh there's like it's a party um it's, it's a lot of fun um somebody was celebrating their 40th birthday and they were doing so by towing a hot tub around the pits Really? And like throwing drinks at people. Uh, they were smoking meats. Like it's all this crazy shit. Well, we're in there like literally wrenching on this engine. And like people are coming up and giving us shots. Okay. Um, so this let me just. This gives me a greater perspective, which I really, really enjoy. Like, oh, dude. It's, thought, a, it's, it's awesome. Everybody's just like thrashing, trying to like compete throughout the night. Like no. this is my style of racing. Like, no, no, no. Um, there's, only, there's only like maybe two races on the whole Lemons calendar that are actual 24-hour races. Yeah. I've never done one, and they sound both awesome and awful at the same time. No, this one, track goes cold. Saturday night is party night. Um, and then you wake up, track goes green again at like Sunday is a shorter day because, you know, the track has to, everybody has to get out of there. So uh, I think it goes from like nine with a target finish of 3.30. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we ran all day Sunday. We turned 101 laps. Nice. And we jumped. My goal was like, let's go from 100th to 80th. And we went, we finished at like 77th. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And our garage mates won. They were first place overall. So I said it was a garage full of winners. Um, that is a hundred percent something that I want to, uh, to experience at, at some point. Like, I don't even hope to be competitive, but just to watch oh, it. Did I lose you? No, I can still see you. You just started getting choppy though. Oh, it's yes, like your lights right. went out. I took, yeah, exactly. I turned off my other display and I just turned it back on. Clearly. Oh, now it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. You should experience it. Um, even if it's just hang, hang out with a team to experience it to f the first one. Yeah. I have a coworker that really wants to build a car and, uh, and get active in the series. So, uh, I'll, uh, kind of consult with him over the winter and see if, uh, if we can come up with uh, a platform, a basis to, uh, to come out there and have some fun. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, I can guide you at least in some certain right directions and, uh, and, uh, go from there, but it was, a. will be writing more about it. It was awesome. If anybody watching or listening, either one wants to check my Instagram, I put pictures of the car, the carnage, all that shit. I'll try to dump it into this video too, actually. I saw it, but I tried not to pay too much attention to it because I really wanted to hear the story <laughs> firsthand here yeah. for the first time. So I like, I saw some things and I knew that you had some issues, but like, I was yeah. like, I had to just ignore that. Keep scrolling. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Story. That's good. That's good. Uh, um, so, uh, jumping to, to new car shit. Um, uh, once I got back from Lemons, I had waiting for me the Wrangler 392. It's it's a good kind of stupid. Yeah, if that makes sense. So, so before you get into it, like I knew you had it, and like it was like on my radar. But just this afternoon, like I came home from work early, and uh, I saw a new Wrangler Rubicon pull up and park across the street from me. And uh, I thought they were going to like the new gym, like the new like you know fashionable gym that's across the street. But uh, it turns out it was the brother of one of my uh, one of my neighbors who lives on my floor. And I'm in downtown Long Beach, so it's like you know anything that like makes any kind of noise, like I jump up and I run to the window and I check it out <laughs> to see what it is. But like I didn't hear him pull up. I just happened to be sitting at my desk and I saw him. I was like, it's a really clean like Rubicon. And like my neighbor Matt, who it turns out this was his brother, but Matt has like a JK. It's like lifted, got crazy wheels, bumpers, rock 
sliders, all that stuff. And it turns out this is his brother and his brother just like came to one up him. And I just thought it was a Rubicon. I'm like, yeah, it's clean, clean truck. Like, all right, that's nice. It's like brand new, clearly. It's like black and all shiny. And um, I had moved away. I was like doing something else. And I hear this thing fire up and I ran to the window and I was just like, what was that? Like I'm looking around <laughs> and I'm like, there's nothing like cool. There's nothing that sounds like a badass V8 here. And then I look and like the guy's in the Jeep and he presses the brakes. And I'm like, what? And I look, I look down at my buddy, Matt, my neighbor. I'm like, yo, is that a 392? He was just like, yeah, that's my brother. Like he had to, he had to one up me. He was just like, you know, he had to show me up. He was like, "A thing's badass. And he took off and like, I, I fell in love with it. Like, it's like the coolest thing ever. Like that yep. sound combined with that look. And I think his truck had like 35s and wheels, but like, it was just so badass. Like, yes. You know, I'm like, I keep looking back, like hoping it'll be there again, but like, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear about your experience. It, um, it's the one I had was like, it was a really Jeep has a really good blue. Um, they're all Rubicons. Every 392 is a Rubicon. Um, they're all four doors. They're all automatics, uh, which is okay. fine. It, the, the, the eight speed is fine. Anyway. Eight speed, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. 470 horse. There. <laughs> There's a button to turn, there's a performance exhaust. So if you turn it off, it's like sort of quiet when you start it off. But the best part is if you press the button, it, if you have the button on and turn the truck off, it always defaults to whatever you left it in. So all, right. if you just press it once, it'll stay on forever. So when you first fire it up, blah, 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 yeah. blah and it's, it's so mean. It's exactly what I experienced. Yep. Like when he pulled up, he must have had it in quiet mode, but then like flipped it. Cause when he started it, it was just obnoxious. Like I ran yep. to the window, like expecting to see like a Hellcat. Like it, it has a super okay. obnoxious choppy idle. Like your yeah. boy, Zach would be like, yo, that's got some good shot. It's like, blah, blah. cause I took it to Starbucks the other day and I'm in there and I'm like, I, I turned it off. I turned the exhaust off. Cause I'm like, everybody's going to hate me right here. I'm just sitting here like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, this is too much for Starbucks. Um, or not back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it's it's ridiculous it's it's great i had to drive to and from the uh to and from la the other day to get the the second session for my arm tattoo in downtown la and just driving back you're just you're driving it not like a wrangler you're because you you can you can point and shoot for passing yeah. like you would in like muscle cars or sports cars so you're like whoop, 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 and it's it's it it makes zero sense is it, it all-time all-wheel drive or is it it's yeah it's it's there's no rear-wheel drive in this one it's yeah. it's it's four auto four high or four low is it so, like srt8 jeep like drive no it's not it, it's Isn't it engineered by srt gang as opposed to i think srt's kind of dead um right. so it's it's more just like the whole team now knows how to work with 392s like hey regular guy just just throw that shit in there right. um it's such a last last gasp for Stellantis um, yeah. with the 392 shit where they're like, hey, you know, we do have a plug-in hybrid now too. It's like, bro, you guys really need to start getting your shit electric because <laughs> you're so far behind everybody else. Um, but it is, it is so stupid and so awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love but it. What, what are like street manners? Like, I mean, I know it's a Rubicon, so it's capable off-road, but like I yeah. hear that. Like it's also like real composed on the street compared to other. I mean, it's the, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's I, it, no. Um, yeah. 
So a lot of people complain about Wrangler steering, and I get it because it is, compared to everything else, pretty sloppy. But as someone who daily drives a 91 Montero, I have no issues with Wrangler steering at, like, at all. Like I get in and I'm like, ooh, this is nice and tight, uh, right. <laughs> jumping from my truck. And the Wrangler 392, uh, it's funny because I asked if they slowed down the steering because – that would seem smarter to me. And they're like, uh, no, apparently they're like, we asked. And, and apparently it has like a tighter box taken out of, I don't want to like one of the diesels or something like that. Like I, I expected it to have a slower steering box and they're like, no, no, no. It is a faster one over the, the regular V6. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it, but it could be like the added heft of the engine coupled with the, the, the suspension lean. I was like, it doesn't, it felt like they slowed it down. Yeah. Um, which I would think would be smarter to do with that vehicle. Um, you, you can just bomb and it doesn't make sense that you're in a Jeep and, and it's, it's absolutely wild. Um, now getting to something completely different with crazy power. I want to know, you posted something a while back um, of a Ferrari 599 and it wasn't just any 599. It was Lewis Hamilton's, uh, Lewis Hamilton's 599. What the hell were you doing with that? So uh, back when I worked for, and I guess it's better since we've already added the owner, and I, I mean, that's the, that's the story. We're definitely not bearing the lead here. Um, I, I guess since, uh, since we, we've made the owner of the vehicle obvious, um, I should just uh, not mention who I, who I worked for or where I worked in, but uh, back when I worked for a European tuner in, uh, in L.A., um, you know, we, we sold Novatech, Brabus, Techart, like all the European tuner brands in addition to our own wheels. Um, we had the opportunity to customize a car for Lewis Hamilton, but at the time we didn't know it was Lewis Hamilton. Um, this Ferrari 599 Aperto, one of 80, showed up in this crazy, like, metallic red, like dark metallic, like candy apple red color with like red Alcantara interior and like, all gloss black accents and um, parts just started showing up like, and they were all addressed to Carl Davidson and, and like, they were like shipped from the UK, shipped from Canada, shipped from Italy. And it was just like, you know, I was putting the pieces together literally. Like, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know who this is for, but we'll just put this with all the other parts dressed to this individual. And um, yeah, like stuff was shipping from like an agency. So I started like Googling stuff and like putting it together. And I was just like, oh, I think this is Lewis Hamilton's car. Like, you know, like my boss, like nobody involved with the project could speak on it. They're just like, listen, we're gonna get a bunch of stuff and we're gonna, we're gonna put it on this car and we're gonna do some other stuff. And like, you know, we're gonna add some personal touches and some individual stuff, but uh, we can't really talk about it. And that was because uh, at the time, this was, this must've been 2012, 2013 at the time Lewis was driving for McLaren mm -hmm. and it would have been a huge PR guffaw for Lewis to be seen driving a Ferrari. So, you know, first of all, I, I feel like it was a crazy, crazy, you know, almost scandal near scandal for him to be allowed to purchase. Like I'm, yeah. I'm curious about how that transaction went down because it, it, it like, it seems crazy that Ferrari would sell a competing Formula One driver a car that was limited to 80 units. Yeah. Like, that was always, like, intriguing to me. But at the same time, like, you know, it's like, I, I always wonder, like, was there, like, you know, a deal in the works to send right. him to Ferrari? And, like, this was, like, you know, kind of like, you know, 
like, uh, you know, it's just an endorsement or encouragement. Right. Like, you know, it was, it was a weird time. And the fact we couldn't talk about it, like made it so much more interesting to me, but like, anyway, like he was selected, like, you know, you had to jump through hoops as a, as a Ferrari collector to be allocated one of these cars. So for him to have one, like, it was just wild to me and like everybody involved. And that's why we weren't allowed to talk about it. But anyway, we did like whole host modifications, like exhaust, uh, you know, Novatech lowering kit, like coilovers with nose lift. Um, you know, this car is as rare as they come for the time. One of 80, like now everything is one of one, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, each, each one of these cars individually, individually spec to, you know, their owner's taste and, his was the sickest that I saw by far. Like Ferrari Beverly Hills had one that was like white and brown that like, like sat on the floor for like two years. And like, you know, they, like these cars were white with a brown interior. I want to say it was like metallic white with, it was like a weird color. It was like almost like an almond, like a, like, like a cream or a beige with like a brown interior. It was, it was definitely off white. Like it was like, I thought it was a cool spec, but you know, I, I think it was ahead of its time. Like, you know, yeah, it's not, I mean, it sounds kind of like, cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it sounds sick and it was sick, but like that car sat for a while because nobody was willing to take a chance on it. Like, I'm, I'm curious about that car too. Who spec that and like how and why? But uh, anyhow, like we we built this car and you know it was like everything that we did, we tried to basically hide, like you know, not no add-ons just like suspension to lower the car wheels that you know increase performance you know based on weight and you know uh like width so uh we installed a stereo system because you know i, I know the, st the the factory stereo system was trash in those cars mm -hmm. and like you know it was, it was like his california cruiser but he could never be seen in it, it was just, right, 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 right it was always like we dropped the car off at the valet of the restaurant next to us and he would like show up like days later and pick it up and it would always be like super incognito. There was never, ever any talk about it. There was never any like presentation, no photos with the car. In fact, wow. I, like some YouTuber, like, like posted a video at like the infancy of YouTube. Did. And, uh, he came and one of the sales guys in the, in the showrooms, it's like, yeah, it's Lewis Hamilton's car. Oh. Like, he caught, caught him on camera. Like just that, like that little blurb was enough to like legitimize his video. But uh, he got shut down. The video got removed. And I don't know if we got in trouble necessarily, but um, it definitely like challenged that relationship. But uh, he did yeah. a few cars at the time. Then he was dating Nicole Surgeinger. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Worsh, worsh, yeah, worsh, Nicole Worcester. <laughs> but anyway, like we did like a Maserati for for her, and like I delivered that to to her house, and like. It was a it was a really cool time period to uh, to be customizing cars because people were spending money like crazy and like it was like it was uh, almost incognito like people didn't really want to be seen right in their cars like I feel like around the same time like uh, Lewis was seen driving Justin Bieber's uh, La Ferrari like it was like and that was like a huge scandal but right. Like, it was uh, it was it was a weird time, man, to, to work building cars for celebrities in Beverly Hills. Like, yeah, was, uh, yeah. Was, I mean, he must have been close to something with Ferrari if he was doing all that, and then all of a sudden Mercedes was like, "Hey, here's all the money in the world." Right. Uh, yeah. Get to work with Toto Wolf. We're gonna win everything. Whatever you want. Yeah. Tell, we'll tell your number twos to to do whatever the hell you want. Uh, 
So that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. At the same time, like we would we would secure cars for him while he was in town. So like we would get him like cars from and even his dad, like when his dad was in town, like we would get him like BMW 760s, we'd get Lewis like rolls drop heads. Do you when like, you get them, do you get so them from, conspicuous? Like, so conspicuous when he's supposed to be so inconspicuous right. at the same time. Just like, like bro, do you want to get a camera? Yeah. When you get those cars, do you get them from dealerships, customers, private owners? Typically from corporate through like the local dealer. Okay. Like, okay. Just be like, hey, so and so's in town, wants a car, like, you know. Toss a plate on it, get it over. They, they wouldn't even yeah, they wouldn't like the manufacturers wouldn't think twice about it. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. If, yeah. If he happens to be seen in our car, that's huge for us. Huge, huge. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to grab another seltzer as we get ready to pull Perfect. up. I'm going to grab another drink, Wes. Uh, our Twitter questions. All right. So that was, a, that was a super interesting build because I was so excited for it and I was yeah. such a fan of Lewis, but at the same time, like, couldn't talk about it with anybody and, you know, like, had to play it cool and, like, you know, rarely saw him. Like he did come in a few times to like pick up cars, like I said and stuff, but never, never that car. But uh, it was just cool, man, because like he didn't, he wasn't anywhere near the level of success that he is now. So it was just right. like, you know, he was almost an underdog. I think he had maybe one championship at that point, but it was, it was cool. And like, you know, it was, it was cool knowing and being involved and not being able to talk about it. Like, it yeah, yeah. Like, something secret, something special. Yeah. It felt like some, you know, James Bond shit. <laughs> yeah no i get it for sure i get it yeah yeah 100 percent um so uh we're bringing back something uh since we're bringing back the podcast uh i used to post say give me your questions on twitter i used to do it on facebook as well but i, I don't give a shit about facebook anymore i'm not even on there um so i posted i said hey if you want to give us questions for episode 303 ask them and we got some so we're going to go through these um First question from Mega Mega Francois at Francois BDSP. You can pick the Volkswagen Group's next limited run reboot of 100 cars, like the new Countach. What are you rebooting in 2022, and why is it the Volkswagen thing? <laughs> That's brilliant. Like, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Like, a, a new thing would be awesome, but it would also be regulated to death where all of the fun and, like, unique elements of the original thing would be lost. Like, it would you just have an ugly, weird, I don't know, crossover, yeah. almost like mini truck. Like, yeah, I would do, um, I would take the e-tron GT platform sure. and body it as a coupe and make an Audi sport quattro EV and just build a hundred of them. And boom, you'd sell every single one in a heartbeat. And I'd even offer 10 of them in like group B, black, white, and yellow livery. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. I, I won't disagree with that either. <laughs> I, I, that, that would be rad. Like, I, I don't have that, the storied history or, like, you know, like uh, infatuation with Audi brands, but I would, I, I would do something similar. Yeah. Um, I want to say, like, 15 years ago, Audi, not Audi, uh, Lamborghini, well, Audi. Yeah. <laughs> Lamborghini teased a like an updated Mira concept. Yeah. I would do a four wheel dual motor electric, like e-tron powertrain in, uh, in a Mira as opposed to a, to a Countach. Like I, yeah. I the, the Mira is so much sexier and like, you know, especially 
if you use that platform, the Tycon like Etron platform, like it's low, slung, it's sexy. Like you definitely make like a dope coupe. Yes. Out of that platform. Yes, I agree, hundred uh, percent. Each brand in the Volkswagen Group should use that platform to make one of their like super coupes, and we're onto something here. What I, now that I think about what I really like to see is, do you remember the uh, the Lamborghini S Toque? Yeah. Yeah. Concept yeah. four yep. door. When you said Lamborghini, that was the first one that popped in my head. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe maybe that over the uh, over the mirror actually. Like that was like the sexiest car that Audi yeah. Group. You know, VW they should have made that like a, or, or made it into like a, instead of the Stoke name, even though it's two doors instead of four, blah, 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 call it the Espada, like make a modern Espada. And I get an Urus press car tomorrow too. <laughs> oh yeah? Uh, yeah. Uh, just for the weekend though. Um, another question, Joel Strickland at Joel Strick photo. What Aussie beer shall I, shall I send you to drink while recording future episodes? I don't know, but I'm assuming anything from Victoria VB. I don't know a lot about Australian beer as much as I should. I just know that nobody fucking drinks Fosters and hasn't in decades. Um, Austin Tyler Rogers, Austin Tyler O, uh, who I believe is a Jeopardy champion. I think he won on Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, he's also like, a, he's written for Jalopnik. He's a super car guy. Um, he's a really nice guy. Fun guy to follow on Twitter, Austin. Will the rolling coal set box in charging lightnings the way they do with Teslas? <laughs> Well, they ice them out. Um, that'd be funny to see because the lightning, if they got real mad, could push those trucks oh, out 100%. of the way. Like literally just tow them, like hook them up, tow them out of the way, push them out of the way, whatever. Like, oh, I would pay so much money to see that. I would, I, would, I would pay an amount of money to see that that would um, challenge my, my marriage. <laughs> I would be like, what did you do? Uh, like, no, you don't understand. That is, that is a brilliant question from uh, a clear genius. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, Pasha Nasrat, at that dude Pasha, is, he wrote, fuck, Mary kill. Brewery, four sons, and bottle logic. So this is a beer question, so I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I, will, I will marry four sons because they're near and dear to my heart. I'll kill bottle logic because who gives a shit? And I guess I'll fuck brewery because they have some crazy shit and they'll be crazy in bed. So... I, I, one day I'll explain to you all of what I just said, what that means. <laughs> um, at Birdie Redfern, at Birdie Redfern, hypothetically speaking, works brings you and the family to live in the UK. Where would you like to live and what car's not available in the USA would you buy? If you had to go to the UK to live and work, what would you buy? Where would you live? I can't say where I would live because I don't know that much about the geography and the, right. the neighborhoods of, uh, of the UK, but I would like to live somewhere that uh, would allow me to experience the, the gamut of their roads, A, B, and C roads. And, um, you know, they've got like tight twisties and, you know, country two lanes, but um, I, I would want the car that is, has been unobtainium for us. And that's, like the, I want to say C6, RS6. Oh, okay. That was the twin turbo V10 RS6 yeah. at, uh, Avant. Like we never had anything close to that. V10 right. twin turbo wide body. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's C6. It could be C5, but like yeah. three generations ago. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's and a like, good answer. I just found out recently that those were twin turbo V10s. Like we had the, the S6 and the S8 here, like, you know, 
uh, over a and decade we, ago. Where we had an RS6 sedan. Detuned. Yeah. But yeah, we never had that twin turbo V10. We never had the wa- the wagon one because we had the RS6 sedan, like you said, it was Gallardo motor, basically. Um, so I I wouldn't know where I'd go either. I, I with my family, I would assume I'd want to live in a suburb of London, where a, a single man like you, I'd want to live in the heart of London, um, or just be drunk in Ireland. I don't really know. Um, the cars that I want are taxed out of existence in in downtown London, like in the city. Yeah, true. Know, I, I was in London last like three years ago and like I saw RS6s, I saw Lambos, I saw, you know, Ferraris and, you know, everything. But like those, you'd have to be a billionaire to even drive yeah. those cars. Well, it's in, like Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would want, um, the first one I would want is a, it's a version of the Defender that, well, we didn't get a lot of Defenders here, but there's a truck called the Defender 130, which is like a double cab pickup truck so it's like the front the front half's like a 110 and then the back half i was in one once in scotland and i was on an aston martin trip well actually shit everybody listening to this podcast knows about the scotland that's like the most infamous episode of this fucking podcast so on that trip i rode in a defender 130 after driving aston martins through what looked like skyfall um and I was like, this is the coolest vehicle ever. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no, 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 this, this is it, right? It was green. It was perfect. Um, and I just had the other one in my head, and I cannot remember what it was. It was the Defender 130. And then I don't remember what the other vehicle was because the Defender 130 messes with my head. It was something much more British. You have too much boat shit. You can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll stick with the one hundred and thirty because someday I will have. I will bring one, and I know people who are bringing them into the country. Um, I just cannot afford them, but I do not know where I would live. Um, all right, Team Rubystone Love at Midnight Derifto. This guy wrote, "Looks around. Really, I'm going to be have to have to be that guy. Damn it! Fine. How's the wombat? Um, it still exists. It is still at the back." parking lot of a shop down the street from me and i've been assured that any day now work will commence i'm gonna go in there and be like hey can we get an honest timeline of when you think this might happen but project car life is rough man especially in the age of covid man like i'm uh i'm feeling it too like i've got i've got projects for friends slash customers i've got my own projects that are just lying in wait and like you know unless unless you're spending like six figures and just fucking carrying yeah. out money. Like shops are like, yo, like, yeah, we yeah. get to it when we get to it. Yes, yes, yeah, it's tough, man. There's plenty of guys that are that are doing that. That are yeah, shelling out cash and just you know, I want my shit tomorrow. Yeah, I cannot do that. So that's the reason why. But it's been a very long time. Uh, JW at JVW1983. What do you envision the new Integra to be? Uh, a five-door liftback. Uh, or really? four, I, yeah, and, and, and I'm fine with that. I don't give a shit. I honestly think Acura could have taken the ILX on whatever updated chassis it needed. Or chop, uh, ILX was their like entry level. It was like their fancy Civic. But it's no more. Uh, no, I think it's technically dead now, but only like uh, as of like a few years ago, but it was their cheapest Acura product. It was basically a fancy civic. They could have taken that, given it sportier Acura shit. And and instead of calling it the ILX, called it the Integra. And that would have been totally fine. Like made it like a luxury civic sport because that 1.5 turbo is a good motor. Um, so the new Integra with 
if it's a, if a, a four door lift, because I know the rear is not a door. People get hung up on that. I don't care. I'll, I'll call it a four door, five door, whatever you want to call it. Four doors with a rear hatch. I'm fine with that. The original Integra had an option for that. People are losing their shit about it. I'm fine with it. Guys, be happy. It's not a fucking crossover. You know, like it's not a lower than the RDX and the RDX is good too. Um, So that's where I'm at on that. I was flooded with Acura's all last weekend with the Long Beach Grand Prix in town. You know, they were the title sponsor. It was the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. And I, I just could not believe how many Acuras were surrounding downtown Long Beach all of last weekend, like starting like Wednesday through Tuesday of, of this week. And uh, they got, they have some really attractive cars, man. I, I have no doubt that this thing will be attractive. I'm, I mean, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if it's going to be like a, like a rebodied, like sexier CTR, Civic Type R, or if it's, you know, if it's something more pedestrian than that. But like the, the teaser photos, like make it look cool and sexy. And it's like, you know, they've been in the last two years, I'd say like down a path of sexiness. And yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. Like, I'm like gonna wait till five I years it. ago, there's not a, an Acura that I would not. Now yeah. I feel like I'd jump in any one of them. Like they yeah. were all over the the track, all over the neighborhood. Like every single one that I saw, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure they were like all like sport model, like fully optioned, like yeah. the sexiest version possible. But, but still, I didn't see anything that was like, oh, no, I won't try that. No, no, they have nothing like that in the lineup. You're totally right. Uh, our friend Bradley Brownell, Bradley Concept hey. Brownell. BC Brownell, what are you driving to Radwood and Autopia 2099, which I need to talk about Autopia 29 in an upcoming show. Uh, I will quickly mention what Bradley is talking about. If you, For those of you not aware, Bradley, myself, and a handful of other people are creating uh, an electric, it's more than a car show happening in December. Go to autopia2099.com for more information. Um, I don't want to say it's like Radwood because it's different, but it is like a more, it's like lifestyle around electric vehicles. It's going to be in LA in December. Of Radwood. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, yeah. It, it's, it's wider it's, open. It's, it's, a, it's a greater scope because it's not specific to certain years. So it's not just cars. You know, we're thinking e-bikes, mobility, all kinds of stuff. Retro future theme too. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, go buy tickets. Come see us in December. Uh, right now, COVID protocols have us being fine because half the show's outdoors. We'll have food and drinks and all kinds of fun stuff. And it'd be fun to see people in a safe, socially distanced way or whatever, you know, whatever works. But to Radwood, I will be driving. Um, I, I'm going to drive one of my cars and I'm going to find someone else to drive the other one. I want to take my Jag and my Montero. So, I, uh, Same answer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, for Autopia, I bring my Mustang. I hope that thing is back on the road, but uh, definitely the the Tahoe will be there. Yeah, for sure. And for Autopia, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'd like to maybe borrow a Super Seventy Three or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, Greg Catchadurian, our news guy at Greg C Catch. How big has the backlog of this is like a deep cut right here for you, Ron? How big has the backlog of comments gotten on your Rugged Ridge Jeep video since episode three hundred? Um, that was a video I did before Trump was a real candidate. Um, he was joking about running, and this was a, a Marine-themed Jeep, modified Jeep from Rugged Ridge. The Jeep was cool, and I made a throwaway joke in the video where I said, I hope no one thinks I'm a Trump vote in this. Um, and I didn't edit the video for a few months, and by the time I edited it, he was a serious candidate then. and the comments 
kept going for years. Like liberal fag, I hate to use the, that word, I'm sorry, but this is what the commenter said, the, the yeah. F word I'll say. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to use better words personally. So I don't sure. want to use that word. There's a lot of words I don't use. So people would, you, you don't, context clues. <laughs> what goes with liberal? <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so there's, there's some really bad, some people are even like, I, I would love to exercise my second amendment right against you for real. <laughs> I was like, wow, uh, because I made a throwaway joke. Um, but that's the internet for you. So those comments went on for a very long time, but there's a follow-up comment below this tweet question where they said, don't forget tremor video comments too. So the rugged Ridge Jeep video comments have kind of stopped. I haven't seen one in a long time. However, you tuned in, do you check or do you have notifications? Set up? Um, when I see the dashboard on YouTube, you always see like, the, the thing that when you click on the comments tab, it's comments that you haven't replied to or what shows up, that's the default. So you see the most recent comments. Um, and because I'm a, still a relatively smaller channel, like I still check that shit. Like someone like Doug or Matt, like, like they'll randomly check. It's not like, cause there's, there's so many more comments. They're just, it's not as big a deal. Um, and at that point they become self-policing um, to a degree. Um, so I recently did a video on the Ford F-250 Tremor and the whole, I just don't get it. I think it's too big of a truck for off-roading. I think there are better choices. If you need to tow, just don't get the Tremor package. If you want to go off-road, get the Raptor, you know, like, uh, I, in the video, I was like, I don't feel like you need this truck. Um, basically the entire state of Texas must've found this video because the comments are just like, and apparently everybody in that video is a libertarian uh, ranch over ranch owner who owns a thousand acres and needs an off-road F-250 to check on their sheep and tow their show horses to the track. So those comments have been, those are still coming in. Um, and they're pretty amazing. So the tremor video has replaced the rugged, rugged Ridge video. So yes. there you go. I, I probably would have agreed that like, there's absolutely no need for any sort of F-250 with any sort of off-road package. But recently I, I borrowed a truck from work and it was an F-250 with like a eight, 10 inch lift and like 38s. And I just had to go pick up tires. I just went to Falcon, like, you know, I don't know where they're at, Fontana, like it's like 50 miles east. And I was just like, I was dreading it. I was just like, I don't have anything to take all these tires. Like what, like, can I borrow a truck from work? And like, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, F-250, it's, it's here. It's so tall. Yeah. It's so it's lifted like you know it's got like the the power steps so like you know, it's easy to get into but like the thing is so tall it's easily eight ten inch lift and you know you're not eye level with with eighteen wheeler like semi drivers you're close but like you know like box vans and like you know like Kodiaks and like you know the like I call them city semis or city trucks like yeah you're eye level with those dudes and you're like you're way up there and like it's a vantage point that I'm not used to. So it's like, I can see the whole world from here. Like the truck drove great. It was diesel. And it was like, you know, plenty of torque, plenty of power and like 10 speed transmission. You get to like 30 miles an hour in your fifth year. And like, I never thought that I would have a need for anything like that or even like a desire, but like, I really didn't want to get out of it. Like I drove it for just a day and a half and I was just like, damn. <laughs> like I was trying to think of excuses to keep it and I was just oh, like man. I knew I had to take it back but I was just like this thing is actually brilliant like super comfortable easy to drive brakes great and you just like you have this commanding like road view like I, I get it now like I'm not 
I have no need for it. I'm definitely not going to spend my own money on it. But like, I get what Middle America loves about these. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Lifted diesel trucks. But I, yeah, I'm also not down with rolling coal and just like oh, no, you know, no, being no, an no. asshole and like you know polluting unnecessarily. Like, yeah, and and it, anybody who actually enjoys performance in a diesel vehicle knows that rolling coal is a waste of performance. Um, it's it, when you talk to those people, it's it's really refreshing to hear a lot of these diesel people will be like, "No, it's the dumbest shit on right. the planet." Right. Um, but yeah, um, Coyote Thugly at Coyote Thugly. Saab, Pontiac, or Saturn, best defunct brand. Over the history of them, I'd say for me personally, I'm most entertained by Pontiac. Of course. Yeah. Um, but if I had to bring one of those three back to the modern age now, the one that may, makes most sense is probably either Saab or Saturn as a purely EV brand. Yeah. I wouldn't want Pontiac to be a, an EV brand. Yeah. Uh, Saturn, it's, it's funny, Saab and Saturn just missed the boat because either one of those could have gone full quirky EV like, and they would have been perfect for it. Like yeah. Saturn with its lightweight body panels, Saab with its just general Swedishness. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think if you were to revive any brand, it would probably be Saab. Like it would, it would be most aligned with like current manufacturers, like capabilities, technology, you know, market taste, but um, you know, Harkening back to the history of any of those brands, it'd have to be Pontiac. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Trans Ams, Firebirds, GTOs, yeah. you know, GTOs, like, yeah. Like close to my heart. Tons of shit. Um, okay. The Straight Pipes at Straight Pipers. Everyone knows the Straight Pipes. They're a huge channel. They wrote Prowler or SSR, which is a loaded question because they like the Prowler. However, they're wrong because yeah. Prowler is a fucking joke. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, that's aggressive. Um, I just, it, it is like, it's, it's wearing a dress that it cannot pull off. Um, if that makes any sense. They like, they clearly built it. And then someone said, no, you're not putting that engine in there. And they were like, wait, what? Uh, so you go SSR, even though my real answer would be both of them can be melted down and I don't give a shit. I would feel no pain. <laughs> If though neither of those cars ever existed, like I don't care at all. I agree. I think <laughs> SSR is the silliest vehicle ever made because yeah. it's a truck based on an SUV chassis that can't haul, that only seats two. It's not that fast. Like it's the stupidest thing ever. Like it's just like it was but at least money I for the time. Like compared to say just a regular regular cab, short bed, you know, Silverado with a V8. Yeah. Like if you wanted a truck that performed, like it was way like half the price to buy just a, a stripper, you know, Silverado, but yeah. it was cool and sexy. Like, I, I, I don't know, like folding hardtop, like, I don't need that. Like Ugh. it was, it was the answer to que every question unanswered, like every question unasked, excuse me. Like it was, it was the silliest thing ever for a lot of money. Like it was just like way over-engineered. Yes. The later the later trucks were cool, and I, I I should say trucks, right? But the later ones were were kind of cool because they had six liter LSs, so they had like four hundred horsepower and like they were kind of quick, but like right earlier ones were trash. But as bad as they were, they were better than any Prowler. 
Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's still a V8. Transaxle, no trunk space. Like, it was like the worst car ever. It's so stupid. Like, I, I do not get it. Take it anywhere. Like, it wasn't fast. It wasn't that cool looking. Like, look cool to like a six year old. Today, if someone walked up to me and said, you can either have that turbo PT Cruiser or that Prowler, I'm taking the PT Cruiser because I can do more shit with it. I can't think of, I honestly can't think of more than two cars that I would like take over a prowl. You would right. take the prowl. I said, I said that wrong. Yeah, you would take the prowl. I, I can't think more than yeah, exactly. Right. I I do I do okay. not get them at all. I just and I'm I'm you know whatever. Uh, Today I just learned that there was a, a howler concept from like 1999 or 2000, and it was V8 powered, but it had a Jeep V8. So it was a smaller block. It was smaller than the Hemi of the area, area that was in like the the five nine Grand Cherokees. Like the, I guess those were too wide. Like all of the all of the the Ram and Jeep V eights of the era were too wide to fit. But it was the concept that had like a pickup box, like a covered pickup bed, because the mandate was that it fit two two sets of golf clubs. That was, that was like the standard of the 90s. It was just like, it's not a real GT unless it has right. two, yeah. two sets of golf clubs. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But it had like a solid rear axle, or at least it didn't have a transaxle. So it like, it had a V8. It had like, you know, room for two sets of golf clubs. And it had like a square box, almost like a, a tea bucket. But like, it was V8 powered. It was cool. But like, they never made it. I, I just learned that today. So, huh. cool. interesting, interesting. I don't know that one. That that, um, would have, that would have changed my mind. Like if they had come to market with that, like I might, I, I definitely would have chosen that over the SSR. But yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. No question. Um, Thomas Hundle at Thomas Hundle. How would you fix Infinity? Tough question. Further, so I would actually. Obviously, they're paying attention to what Nissan is doing because it's the same family. Nissan is taking steps to fix their brand right now, and they're actually doing a really good job um, because, one, they're ditching CVTs and going back to automatics. They're doing really nice interiors right now from the, the Sentra on up to the Pathfinder. Um, they're, they're reinvigorating some of their older nameplates. You know, we're finally getting a new Z. The new Frontier is great. The Pathfinder, like I said, is good all that stuff. So if Infinity can do that and then just take it a step above because they're the luxury brand, maybe add a few differentiated engines to separate the brands a little bit too, like with Ford and Lincoln, what they did, that's probably the best way to do it. So they're probably waiting to see or to just follow Nissan's lead. But the, like, the QX60 is a great starting point design-wise. The new QX60 looks good. The QX55 is a huge swing and a miss for me. I just they did this huge fanfare with it. And so I almost felt like you knew the PR people were like, Hey, just wait. QX 60s coming. Please hang in there. Um, QX 60s coming. So that, that'll be good. Um, I don't know, man. I think Denish, Denish, Johan Denish really fucked infinity. So uh, that's a story. Can you really blame him? Like it's been yes, so many it's like, years. like he's been at, at Cadillac since then. Like, you know, it was so many years ago that he was there. No, he, he, he kicked Cadillac in the dick, too. Yeah. 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 I, um, I think they're both recovering from his, uh, his reign. But um, I don't know. My answer for Infinity, the best thing for Infinity is for Infinity to disappear. Like, 
Like, I, I just don't think there's room for mid luxury anymore. It's like either, you know, you're at a hundred thousand dollars or you're at $40,000. Like, yeah. No well, way. we're just talking about Acura, man. Acura is doing good shit. They sure. just, but, but they can do that. If, if, if they were branded Honda, I feel like they would still sell. Like I'm saying like, you know, like the uh, aspirational luxury brands, like I, I just feel like they're, they're missing the mark. It's like, they're just marking up good product. But they're marking them up to a, an unobtainable point. Like, yeah. Like where they're pricing themselves out of the market because all cars are pretty good now. Yeah. Oh, it's, for not, sure. it's not like, it's not like Hondas are strippers like they were, you know, 30 years ago where you no. have crank windows and, you know, manual everything and no yep. AC. Like everything is good now. So it's like your Civic's great. It's either it's either good or it's incredible and it's expensive. So I, I just feel like there's less of that middle ground now. And like manufacturers are really like stressing themselves and wrangling to to figure out where those mid level luxury brands really belong. And so yeah. there's just the market just doesn't sustain like every level of luxury anymore. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit more of a ch- of a chance to see if they follow what ne- or the Nissan side of the family does, and if they pick up the pace to match that, and if they don't, and they miss the boat, and then that's kind of it. Um, yeah. But that that was it for the Twitter stuff. Um, that's impressive. I'm, I'm going to skip our. our I'm not. I'm not on Twitter, so I have no idea what what goes on in that. That's yeah. weird. Like, uh, yeah. There's some good questions. I think yeah. I, I think people are excited to see the hey, any podcast questions question go out on Twitter. So there's that. Uh, but that's that's basically it. I don't we don't need to do the personal car news this week because there's nothing that exciting um, going on with our shit. Um, so why don't you take a minute to uh, like we do at the end of the show, plug plug your shit and and tell everybody where they can find you. You can always find me at on Instagram, I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I think I have a Twitter, but again, like I don't even know what it is. Instagram's anymore. more fun. So. I'm, I'm not there. Um, seven 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 style on Instagram, and that's also my website. Which I swear, one of these days, I'm going to start to update and uh, just kind of give some industry insights and you know updates on the stuff that I'm working on. But it's seven 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 style.com. Perfect. Uh, I'm at Hooniverse Jeff on Instagram and Twitter. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like I said, trying to get 50 G's, 50,000 subscribers, not G's. Um, and, and no, you know, oh, no, really? Much. Pick me up. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Pick <laughs> pick like, a couple, oh, pick like $300 a month from YouTube or some shit like that. Um, <laughs> uh, make enough to keep the website up and running. Um, Subscribe to the channel. I think you're supposed to hit the bell, but I've never literally said that in a video because I think that gives you notifications, but I don't, you do, you do you. Go to blipshift.com slash universe to buy shirts and stickers, which is something I should start plugging like a real YouTuber. Um, and then, um, I don't know if you're supposed to rate. What's that? It's something I should buy into myself. Yeah. We are about to come out with some new shirts. So wait till then. Um, uh, keep an eye out in October for some new designs. And then I'm actually working on a design for the lemons fiasco because I forgot to mention a, mention a crucial part of it, which was that the person we bought the engine from was a roadie for Pitbull. So on Mr. The, International, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. So I rode on the side of the car. Okay. 
I wrote on the hood scoop, I wrote Dale. <laughs> and then Tony Angelo on Instagram wrote doing it for Dale, which <laughs> gave me a t-shirt idea. Um, so stay tuned for that, which we're going to work. Hey, LA, do it for Dale. Well, I'm trying to look for something that rhymes well with, you know, raise hell, praise Dale. So I need something in the beginning half of that phrase that works into that phrase. So I might reach out and make the whole thing Spanish. I'm not 100% sure yet. If you have ideas, anybody out there, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, whatever. Email me, Jeff at Hooniverse. Sounds Um, like a Twitter call. Right, right. (laughs) Raising Hele, praise Dale. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, So we're still still mind-fucking that shirt into existence and it hasn't happened yet, so stay tuned on that. But that is episode 303. We'll see all you next week. I'm going to hit stop record on this. Oh, <laughs> my